Uh, hey, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome to the show. Last session to Brooklyn. I'm Tom McCaffrey. Alex Bashir. Eric Bronstein's not here, but we have a guest. Good. Uh, Sorry. Good, yeah. yeah we don't Eric. like him. <laughs> um, John Viner is here. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming. No problem. I flew across the country for this. <laughs> I know. We appreciate it. Um, so we met. All right. Let's just start from the beginning. So, wait, you grew up in, in Manhattan, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So did I. Where did you, um, where did you grow up in like uh, what area? Upper East Side, uh, in the 60s. And, uh, where did you go to, where'd you go to high school? I went away to prep school for high school. Ah, uh, okay. In Massachusetts, but I went to St. Bernard's here in the city on 98th Street. Um, and we're, I, we're around the same age. So what was your experience? Cause I, people don't realize, um, that you can how, grow up in the city. Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird thing. Don't you? Isn't sure. it? Isn't it funny? Like you, the reaction you get from people where you'll be like, they'll be like, "Where are you from?" And I'm like, "New York City." And like, but like where? And I'm like, "No, like Manhattan." And they're always like, "Wow, really?" But the thing that's amazing is no one. Um, I've even forgotten about. Like it was so dangerous back then. Do you re- remember that? Yeah, I was not supposed to take the. I mean, I don't. I don't think I took the subway till I was actually. I don't really a couple of years ago. It, yeah, a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I think I was really uh, sheltered for a while because it was like, you know, as a kid, you can't just go wander. So my my universe was was just a few avenues. Yeah. So were you? I mean, I was pretty sheltered, but I remember like once I kind of got out in the eighties, like high school, and I had to go on my own to high school i remember being i remember being like terrified like the city was like very scary to me like do you like the subway was just was like no man's land well i just i just think when you're like six and you see something you don't have a reference point so you're just like oh this is this is what life is yeah and you don't you just don't you know it's the same kind of idea that like and even if someone looks angry at you you don't think you're gonna get punched until the first time you're punched and you're like oh an angry face means i might get punched Mm -hmm. right right yeah, I guess I um, and then and then it became like the like the late eighties got really. But if you went away to school, were you not here that much? Yeah, I wasn't here for the late eighties. Ah, okay, because I feel like it got. Well, actually, that's weird. not true. I I got thrown out of prep school for a semester, so I spent time going to a uh, a. Uh, I don't know if it would be a school for wayward souls, but it was. I went to a, a place to keep you from being truant. For, oh, is for, that what, were you like skipping school? No, no, I'm saying that I had to go somewhere, so my parents sent me to this. this school. Oh, okay. What'd you get in trouble for? Uh, well, I you was, don't have to. No, no. I, we, it was just uh, some friends and I uh, wound up borrowing a school van after hours, uh, and then oh wow, yeah, and then it it was found out that when one person driving after we'd been dropped off crashed the van and then oh we, we didn't know that so it was like how how did people know that we took a van i mean was there like a quarter tank of gas missing and then it was like oh no there had been a giant crash right, right. so they obviously knew someone had borrowed the car oh geez for um, the van but uh it was uh you couldn't take the new york city out of the kid yeah <laughs> i'm just stealing borrowing where, cars where in massachusetts was this like western mass or like no close to boston? Uh, just about 45 minutes outside of uh, boston okay. concord oh okay so, so that that's that's just what's inter- interesting to me. Like when I meet someone else who grew up here, because it's very because I had the thing. Uh, you live in L.A. Yes, and when I lived in L.A., I would run into people a lot, and I'd be like, "Oh, where are you from?" And they'd be like, "New York, New York," and I'd be like, "Oh, me too." Like I'm from like Manhattan. Like where are you from? And they'd always be like, 
Well, I mean, you know, like New Jersey, but like yeah, I no. used to go there all the and I, I found that happen a lot in LA because I feel like people go to LA and kind of mm-hmm. try to form like some cool identity, you know, like yeah, from New York City. But it was funny, I feel like I would like um I would kind of like bust people, not really on purpose, but that would happen a lot. Because people are just like lying out there a lot, you know. Um Well, I think like then they don't have to have the New Jersey conversation or the you know well, kind of outside Long Island, where were you? And you know, like, yeah, I, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt, but there are times where you bump into someone, and they're like, "Hey, I grew up in I grew up in the city." Oh, so did I. Where'd you grow up? And then they're like, "Well, I grew up twenty five miles out." You're like, so you didn't yeah, and it never works <laughs> the fine. other way. Yeah. Like when I meet people, I'm not like, "Oh, I'm from New Jersey." <laughs> like, <laughs> well, oh, where in New Jersey? Oh, well, I'm Manhattan, but like I used to go to New Jersey <laughs> yeah. um, once in a while. So. <laughs> I uh, so that's why yeah it's, it's just interesting to me that aspect. Um, so when did you did you start comedy here in New York in Manhattan? I invented comedy in Manhattan. <laughs> okay, uh, nice. Yes, thank you. I yeah. That's I, why you're here. Yes. Wanted to meet the guy who started who started it all. comedy. Uh, yeah, well, I, I got out of college and then started bouncing around with different jobs and doing. Uh, I wound up going to uh, Chicago City Limits, which was a, a Sketch yeah, comedy. or not? Actually, an improv troupe slash whatever. Uh, was that on the Upper East Side? Yeah, like, yeah, that was on. I think first. Was it near Dangerfield? Yes, yeah, it was like yeah, right across the street. I did a show there once. It was horrible. So I feel like someone sandbagged at Dangerfields or at this at other, Chicago City. Oh, Limits. Chicago City Limits. Okay, they like knew so many my, old clubs I've never heard of or seen. It was like kind of an improv club. Yeah, right? I mean, it was it was before UCB and yeah. I mean, I, I feel like they were they were doing their own thing and they had really talented people sure. in the cast and it was funny and I wanted to do sketch and stuff like that and it's one of the then i took a class there uh with one of the stangle brothers who actually wound up oh, running yeah. the uh the late letterman letterman show yeah. yeah and uh but anyway i was taking like sketch classes and one of the things i did i think while i was doing sketch i was also i started doing stand-up in one of the classes as like a bit right so i was i think i was doing like sinatra on his 80th birthday and it was like I'm sure I was very hacky. I don't have to even worry about it. I'm sure I was. And I put no makeup on and like just did a doo-doo-doo thing. But right. it was like my first time on stage. And I'm like, oh, this is much more fun to interact directly with the audience, especially when you were behind the guise of like, I can say anything I want because I'm I'm pretending I'm this person. Right. Right. So if right. I do an off-color joke, it's not me doing it. It's this person doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and and you're already buying into the history. But then after a while, uh, like a 2000 oh sorry 1996 is when i started doing stand-up and did you start like because when i first met you i think it was around 97 i met you and josh hannis and you guys were working at stand-up new york you were working the door yes and i was there because I, i i had done these like sketches with a couple of friends of mine randomly at a show and this woman do you remember a woman named vivian paxton oh yeah yeah she hosted a lot of shows she came up to us and she was like hey you guys i have a show at stand-up new york you should do your sketches at on the show and i was like yeah we were like yeah cool and i had thought about stand-up before that but i had done it a few times and i just it it scared me and i was like yeah i'm not gonna do that um and we would do these sketches uh in the middle of like a stand-up show and they actually went over better than i Looking back now, I'm like, that shouldn't have gone over well. You know what I mean? Because when you think of just like a sketch in the middle of a stand-up Gotta be show. Honest, it does sound pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds weird. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. So, and also, this the stage was very small. So, like, Is it the same stage they have? or that they've renovated? I, No, they've, they've renovated a bunch okay, of times okay, since. Yeah, but yeah. it really was like, 
It's a small Tight. Room. So if you were more than two people, you <laughs> oh, yeah. couldn't do physical. Yeah. Things. So no. Vivian Paxton was really into that stuff, like sketch comedy, and she was doing it at. And I remember it was when like uh, she was good friends with Zach Galifianakis, and probably when you were working there, he was like kind of coming up. I think yes, stand up New York. Yeah, Carrie Hoffman was was um, managing, managing him at the time. Yeah, and then Carrie was like, "Hey, I want to manage you guys to us." And I hadn't done stand up yet. What happened is we were doing sketch for a little while, and I was around these stand up clubs, and I was like. You know, I don't, you know, and I see comedians. I was like, I can like do that. You know what I mean? Like that looks better than what the hell I'm doing. Cause we would bomb sometimes. It would, cause it, it got like weird to people that we were doing that. And actually another group we would do it with was, um, where you, you probably were cause I think Josh was a good friend. It was, um, Bobby Tisdale and 80 miles oh, yeah, yeah. and Lisa Delarious. Delarious had a, a group, a sketch group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we would do shows with them all the time. Do you know you know they are? No, I didn't know those three names. No. The other, I mean, yeah, Galvin eighty Atkins. miles is pretty big now, right? Were you? And well, he was. He he ran uh, Fallon's show for a while. Uh, oh, is he not there anymore? He was like no, head then he moved out to L.A. Okay. But so you were so you were doing stand up and uh, and did you kind of start at stand up New York or just kind of? So yeah, actually, my friend Arden Marine, uh, who's acting and doing very well yeah and yeah she's I, very I funny and sweet she uh she once was like hey can you want to not can you she said hey would you like to come see me do stand-up up at stand-up new york and uh so i said sure and we went and she was like you know and i at the time my friend alec and i uh, alex sulkin who i still work with and know for since 1987 geez. uh wow. but <laughs> but anyway yeah she was like you guys should try stand-up and like within you know, a matter of months of her starting to do stand up, she got on a TV show. Oh and so, God, so then it yeah. looked like. She oh, like, she had just started stand up? Yeah, she just, she, I mean, she wasn't. She, she, was she like, was she like in, a, in the acting lane before? Yes, yes. Okay. okay. But, okay. but she, and then she was like, you guys should try this too. And so, she's like, this I, is yeah. easy. I'm, I'm now, <laughs> you're, you're 23 without a TV show. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I think everyone has their own path and it's always tough it, when people ask you, you know, so how do I get into the business or in that same way? It's like, this is how this person did it. It yeah. will probably not work for you. Yeah. What was the TV show that she got like immediately? Uh, I don't want to misquote. I want to say it was called Working. Was it like was, a sitcom type of thing? Yeah, I think it was Zach on it. I don't want to miss. The, it wasn't the show that the Scalar brothers had. Was, was no, that, that was it? Apartment 2F. Yeah, because I remember Zach Galifianakis was on that. Right, he was on that. I, I I you know I don't have a laptop in front of me and um well we, we can we can you know, this we can, all up. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it was called working there are a lot of people working yeah. um so <laughs> no but just so then we I started you know I went uh, and did I think a bringer show there and at some point I think Carrie or whomever Carrie Hoffman or whomever was like hey uh, you know if you want to do spots you can work the door and then you get to do spots at the end of the show. Right. So I was like, oh, this is a great opportunity. And at the, you know, and you basically got uh, a free slice of pizza while you're working there. Right. I oh, think right. we even got a little bit of cash. Oh, wow. Um, which then they ended and it became like sort of internships. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> Still going on today. Is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then there was the other the pizza. That is like the too. standard um, door guy, check spot, slice of pizza type yeah. of deal. <laughs> well, do you remember also like around this time? Because I started stand up around like, like 99. And I felt like at that time, it was like right at the end of, hey, you know, you uh, you do stand up and then like they see you and they're like, you should have a TV show because kind of what you were talking about. Like, yeah, that was the end of that. I, um, I, I, I basically was 
at the end of the checkout line where they go, I'm sorry, we're closed after the person in front of you. Um, and so- also, I feel like at that time, it wasn't... Um, it like not everyone was like into doing stand up at that time. I feel like it wasn't very popular. No, at that it time. wasn't. I, I I'm still amazed when I hear that like you know stand ups are are sexually wanted by women. Oh, you know yeah. when they're in L A, it's like oh my god, we're all going because these girls. I'm like wait, attractive women want stand ups. I was like I can yeah. we couldn't even get an audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 then if you went up, it was like. Oh, what's wrong? Daddy issues? What's going on? Like, like you, yeah. you had to explain that you were okay off stage. Oh yeah, and even yeah. then, I was like, how do you make money? There's never a good. Now it's just like I, I don't understand it. Like you could just think the internet and podcasting yeah. and um, yeah, I think the internet and the fall of cable. Like, not really that cable shows don't do well. There's a few that do well, but like network television used to be the prize, and the late night spot used to be the prize. But now it's like. You know, you have your own podcast and you become, you have an Instagram following and you're super famous. And to these, you know, 20 year olds, these 20 year old women who were born in 2000, you know, who were born in 2012. Well, they were born no, in literally I, no, year no, 2000. I mean, right, right, yeah. When you really think about that, they've always had internet. So, like, they're, they don't look at TV stars as like current celebrities. They look at them as like, oh, those are like old timers. And also, like, no one really even watches TV anymore. That's what I'm saying. So their celebrities are these internet personalities who are like the people who lead the charge of fame on the internet are like comedians right now. It's pretty crazy. But I mean, yeah. So also, when you think of mega famous like rappers and shit, but like, I mean, it's pretty close. Comedians um, and rappers are the most famous. <laughs> it's kind of true, man. Well, I also find it crazy when. You know, I, you're not allowed to make jokes about anything. So yeah. it's just like, yeah. how are comedians at the forefront? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's why I think Vine took off, even though it was, uh, you know, pre uh, Instagram. Well, Vine broke a lot of comedians. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it was also because you had six seconds, you didn't have, you, you, it wasn't really, it, you weren't really being intellectual as much as you were doing like, oh. like just spastic visual, visual yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think that that's something you, I mean, I, I used to, want to make films and all this stuff you know and and i did like i you know but i was shooting on 16 and right, if you wanted to right. shoot a five minute short the cheapest you could do it for would be like three thousand dollars yeah yeah and it was just and you had to like rehearse and make sure you had every line down which actually is a great skill set true but at the same time now it's just like your iphone is 50 times you better can like, and, yeah people get a million takes it doesn't matter yeah so no, it's 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 ama- it's amazing. So I remember I, when I took a class at, at Comic Strip in like '99, just to like it forced me to get up on stage at the end. And um, when you took this is how different it was. But when you took a class, and the, remember this was when the strip was like. Yeah. When this when I started, the strip was like the cellar. How the cellar is? Wow. Oh yeah, you know this is lying down the block twice a year for all of us who wanted to yeah. see if we could get a spot, and then you would like find out in the next six months when your three minute spot was that you could go audition, right. and then you would be told inevitably at the end that you're, you're not, a white guy. You're a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> Did What's, you have that? Oh, I, yeah, I had that every time. I I, ha- I I don't think there's ever been a time in my adult life where i've not been told you're a white guy is a bad thing <laughs> right right yeah. do you think and especially everyone's Same. always like oh white guys have it so i'm like not in comedy it's the complete opposite that was i auditioned three times at the comic strip and she, and the first time i like didn't do well and the second time like the third time i did well and i had like tv credits and she was like yeah but you're a white guy like what and i was like right no white guys have ever well, well i think the well. argument also is like when people go look at that staff of writers it's mostly white, white guys, guys yeah. but what you have to realize is that there are probably 150 times that many white guys exactly. who are trying to get that job yes. right because it's 
white guys like doing this thing. Yeah. So even though yes. there are a lot of white guys in comedy, it's that's why the line is all white guys and then a few right. other so, people. Yeah. No, no. The, I mean, the, the writing staff. <laughs> Three white guys talking. I, about, it's true. Yeah, I was yeah. going to acknowledge that. But, like, but it's true that like if you look at a writer's room on, like I don't know, any late night show or like a, like a modern, it is disproportionate not white guys because the amount of white guys in comedy – you would actually have nine out of ten white guys as writers, yes. but you you have five out of ten, and that's still seen as a problem. That's too many white guys, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, ma- I it's well, it is what it is. That should be the name of this podcast. Too many white too guys. Many that's, white good. Guys. <laughs> that's this episode actually. We just got too um, many. So I was just going to so basically this is how different it was. So like when you when you took the class at the comic strip, you got you did a bringer show, but also you just got two regular spots on a strip show and the strip was like the almost like the level of like the seller now like so i just took a comedy class and he was like yeah you're going up on the strip on monday night at nine and i mean i just you know when i just started comedy i didn't realize that how, that, how coveted a spot that is now like, yeah just, yeah like that's like insane that they would just be like yeah yeah like but that's how different it was it was like right before everyone like comedy became stand-up comedy became really popular so, but I still have. I mean, I, I wouldn't call it a, a, a chip. It's kind of just a slight wedge of wood. Um, maybe it's bigger than a chip. Uh, no, but I, I, <laughs> yeah, went, yeah. I went to the a comic two by four. Yeah, two by four. No, I went. I went to the comic strip uh, about a month ago, and I still got. Even though I have, I've had my own career and I've done my own things. The fact that I haven't passed at that club and that I can't go get twenty dollars for a set. Still, I have the same thing. It's like I was like, wow. What's I wrong think it's with because me? we started. We it's still in our psyche. Like whenever I've done the strip, I'm not like past there, but I do shows because now it's just like people produce shows there. But I mean, that's I, all they have left. All right. Well, I, I don't think it, yeah, talk yeah. them too much, but no. But, but when, I, when I'm there, I still yeah. in my mind think like, wow, I'm at the str- I'm performing at the strip, even though now it's just kind of <laughs> like. like but I, you know, back yeah. then, it was like getting past at the strip was like huge back then. Yeah, people still line up. They do the three month audition thing still, which is crazy because no one really cares about. I mean, the shows that they do there aren't like a huge deal the house yeah shows. yeah but people still like i know like i started comedy about three years ago so i'm very new but um i know a lot of people that are in like my class that have done that audition process where like they tell you when your audition is like six months in advance right. or yeah. whatever and i to me I, you know there's people that are just hungry and they want spot but i was like why are you even like wasting that your energy trying to get that spot Yeah, you're basically like, you're 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 spending an hour of your time in line or two hours yeah in line to get a three or four minute spot but then you at least can get hypothetically a tape or right or, or, i'm yeah. saying a tape as if anyone has tapes anymore but yeah well, well we do but we have but you do on your phone yeah yeah but, but <laughs> yeah, i'm saying that yeah. you but you can at least then have your set i mean we had like peter klusman back in the day who like was the oh, yeah. only person anyone knew who so, like, could videotape really? something yeah. and then there was cut it to one it. guy there was one guy in new york and so you'd go to carolines <laughs> yeah. so carolines is once there you was only like, one camera back then yeah, there was one camera <laughs> and i i also invented the camera <laughs> but, okay cool it's that same angle that caroline's angle is yeah. that is that have i seen oh, yeah. this guy's videos i'm sure oh, yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah, it's, yeah. it was everybody but you would wait until you had what you thought was a good six minutes yeah and then you would call everybody in the world that you knew and you'd be like i'll buy you drinks please show up right yeah and then you had to get at least like 15 people or something and and you know people in the beginning will be like i'll come out to your show and then after like the second or third show they don't come anymore yeah they're literally like you're still doing that yeah after like three months he's like now it's just really sad and then they (laughs) come to the shows and the shows are usually bad and as my father once put it to me he goes Everybody was terrible, but uh, you seem to have some stage presence. So that was <laughs> that was the level of compliment I was getting. 
Uh, right. Well, yeah, you look real just, comfortable up there. Yeah. It, it, oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, compared to those other people, <laughs> um, that is so brave. Oh yeah, I could never. Lot. So when you, all right, so I, so I went to L.A. after I started for a little bit, and then I remember I came back, and this was really interesting. So I became, I was at a party, and I like you were at the party, and I remember someone was like, "Oh, someone introduced me to you. I, I had met you before." And this is it, in L.A. or this back was here? back in New York. It was like 2002, I think, around then when I moved back here, and um. You had just done like uh, you played like Chevy Chase. Oh yeah, do you yeah. remember that in like uh, that movie in like the the Gilda Radner movie? Yes, I remember that. What um, movie. They made a movie about Gilda Radner, like a TV movie. Yeah, oh, right? it was, it was a, a ABC you know, oh, two cool. hour. So and you played Chevy Chase, right? So I that's did. pretty. Like, was that one of your first kind of like? things that you did that, yeah because I, I remember when i heard those like wow that's that's pretty cool I, I was i had a great time i was i was surprised that they picked me also because i i was in new york at the time and auditioned here at abc so i was like on tape for an assistant and you just you know you just assume which i think most of the time i'm right is like when i yeah. do an, i do a voiceover audition i know i sound bad today but you know it's, it's no, no you got a great voice <laughs> hi thank, thank you, you. um <laughs> But uh, yeah, you just think you're sending it into the into the ether and it runs away. And because you're like, so I worked really hard in this audition. I sent you the voiceover audition. What happened? And it's like you didn't get it. Did they hear it? Maybe. Um, right. And so right. then when I was like, they, I know they're casting out of L.A., but I was in New York and I somehow got cast. I was like, this is crazy. They sent me up to uh, to Toronto and we had you know whatever it was like a ten day shoot or something. And it was yeah, so no, much fun. I mean, and then, well, and then it aired and it was you know. I was like, wow, this is no, but that's like I a, could do this. I mean, to yeah. be, I don't know it just seems like because I was pretty early, right, in your career. So, like, I don't know if if I was early in my career and they were like, hey, you're going to be playing like one of the comedy icons of that you grew up on. Right? Oh I mean, my god, I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, at the time, you did know, you ever get to meet him or anything? Or? I did. Uh, <laughs> I, were you like, hey, I played you? Uh, well, so I when I just started working at Family Guy. Uh, he came in to do a voice because we were doing like a Spies Like Us uh, spoof, uh, wow. even though that's a spoof. But uh, yeah. so Chevy Chevy was coming in to record and the showrunner at the time, David Goodman, was like, I'm going to tell him you were in this because we were yeah. all like bringing posters for him to sign and stuff. And he, and I was like, please don't, please don't tell him. It's not. It's yeah, not you don't. Be, you never want. That. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> he goes. He goes. If you don't tell him, I'm going to tell him. <laughs> so I finally went up and I was like, uh, you know, because it's not. It wasn't like in public. Like he's. He's right. signing stuff at a table. Was he su- was that like intimidating going up to Chevy Chase? Uh, yeah. I mean, I you know, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and he's know, not supposed to be really idol. nice, right? Well, I, I you know at the time, I this was like 2005, so he hadn't done Community, and yeah, sort none of, of that. It's sort of like not faded, but you just didn't know where what he was up to, or right? Where he was right. At. Sure. Uh, and so I went up and sort of like it was my turn to get something signed. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, hey, uh, thank you for signing this, and also by the way, I played you in the movie of the week and without looking at me goes yeah i never saw it yeah <laughs> yeah and i was like you could be my dad <laughs> yeah um, and then and that was it like he didn't like all i wanted yeah. was the for him to turn to me and go this guy and then you know give you like a, a grab on the shoulder and go get out of here i'm still here you know right um and it was funny i this is a total non sequitur but it is related so it's not non sequitur uh we had a table read the other day at family guy and uh, uh, Sam Elliott came and sat next to me. Oh, wow. Oh, real? Oh, yeah. Sam Elliott? Yeah, yeah, all right. So he wound up, uh, you know, reading. He was hysterical. I, because um, sometimes if Seth McFarlane's not at the table, uh, then I'll double some of his parts and other people will double, you know, to, to, so we can have like a full, 
you know, as if it's a, still a full table read. And so I got to sit next to him. And at the end of the thing, he, I mean, he had, he had blown the roof off the place. It was so funny. And uh, then he turned to me and he goes, you guys are funny and put his hand on my shoulder. And I was like, if this had happened yeah. 25 years ago, I would be, I'd be in another line of business and very wealthy. Right. Cause yeah, I'd be like, right. it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, or I wouldn't be, you know, I, I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, I Sam know it Elliott, wouldn't be in comedy if someone had ever said you're okay. Especially like <laughs> Sam Elliott. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it wasn't like a star is born parody or he's, he's in a star is born, right? Sam Elliott. Wasn't that Chris Christopherson? Yeah. I don't know. Is he, is he in star is born? Oh, and the new one. Yeah, the new one. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see that. Yeah, he's in, I was like, Chris, am I Sorry. that wrong? Um, no, he's in the new one. Um, he's the. I, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't see, see it. it either. I, I. I don't know. Tom I loves that movie. I do. I really, he loves. I really much like to that your movie. internet point um, uh-huh. of how the world's changed. Like we, you know, mostly when you're in these guilds, you get sent screeners so sure. you can vote. So by the end of like, you never get the movie you want to see, but by the <laughs> yeah. end of the year, you have like a stack of of movies that you can watch at home. So I, I don't actually wind up going to the theater that much. And then when you see the stack, you're like, that look, now looks like homework. It's very weird because when you first start out, you're like, I would kill. Yeah. Like, my my whole childhood was having VHS tapes that on that had a sticker on them that said one hundred and seventy nine dollars if not returned. Right, I know. And, Isn't that crazy? And, you, and that was when you know, as a child, you could make two seventy five an hour. So there was never like you're like, there's right. no way I could ever pay this back if anything happens to stripes. So right, you, right. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. yeah, that was back when like videos like they. I remember when video stores just came out, they'd have the new video and it'd be like ninety five dollars to $95. buy it. Yeah. Is that crazy? That's in- I've never heard of prices this high for. Oh no, it was there were a lot of them. It was just basically like. Because I knew the machines were expensive. Well, because it was crazy to like yeah, the have were expensive. Everything was expensive. Because it was just crazy to like have a movie that had been in theaters like in your house. Like it was just so insane. Yeah, I'm to have. spoiled. I guess I would, you know. Well, now I you can just have it. it. Now you can just make them in your house and they, but literally. Right, so yeah. so so fast forward to it. So when did you start on Family Guy? How did that happen? Did you start? Uh, you started as a writer on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, that's still basically what I am. I just occasionally do voices, but I I was. In New York, I finally decided to move out to L.A. and make it big, and then I wound yeah. up immediately working in a shoe store, <laughs> and and I, that was a very low point. Um, not because a shoe store is bad, but because you think you're moving out to L.A. to be successful. At the time, I did move out, and I was doing warm up on the Late oh. Late Show on CBS. Oh wow! And then that job was uh, taken back, uh, and really? uh, so then I was <laughs> like, I, back. "Wait, what do you mean?" <laughs> I, I was I was relieved of, of yeah. Okay, uh, I've never heard it. That's a very good way to describe gig, it. Man. It was taken back. Um, um, yeah. So you, so, so, so that, the late late show. Who was hosting it? That, that was Craig Kilborn. Okay, Kilborn. Ah. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I wound up actually right after I did the uh, Kilda Radner thing. I wound up doing stand up uh, as a guest on the late late show. Oh great! So oh, it was like okay. my first debut. TV, yeah, debut, yeah. and I was really excited and and. And, and that I, was like he, at that point it was like huge oh, yeah. to do like a TV. Spot. Oh yeah, up I, until a couple, up until six years right, ago, right. it was a massive yeah, yeah. deal. I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, and it, it it was. It didn't turn into anything except that they said, "Hey, you know, would you like to do warm up? We're missing. We're not missing, or they needed another sure. person to do warm up." Right, right. So I was like, "Yeah," because I, I I sort of came with the attitude, which is I don't think necessarily right. As I said, everybody has their own path, but I. I had had it drummed into my head. You don't go to LA unless you have a job. Right. And so I kept, sure. I kept going out there, but I wouldn't stay because I was like, I can't, I don't want to work in a shoe store. And yeah. then I worked in a shoe store. Um, <laughs> and that was awful just for me. Cause I was like, cause you I, hate shoes. I hate, you know, I actually, I'm just, I'm terrible with people and I'm just, 
Yeah. I, and I, I didn't mean to be a bad employee. Like I just, it was, I'm, I'm not good at, at, I feel like working at a shoe store would be like a, a job I would really not want. Like, um, I don't know why. I just don't think I'd be good at retail's the worst. Shoe store. Anyone that's worked in retail, but it just it just just like describing you working at a shoe store just sounds like a bummer. Well, also is like you at the time. I think I was making eleven dollars an hour or something, or eleven fifty an hour. Yeah, and then they forced you to take an hour for lunch. Yeah, and then where the shoe store was was a fancy neighborhood. So if you didn't bring your lunch, lunch would cost you eleven dollars. So at now least. now you're <laughs> down like. Plus taxes, you're like you're out, and they make you take an yeah, hour, and you not, have not, to take an not hour. half an hour. Like, no, yeah. you have to yeah, have an hour have for to, lunch. Yes, you get like a seven-hour workday, so you you know you're making seventy-seven dollars, and then yeah. now but you're making counting? sixty-seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, and right, it's right. Like, you know, even if you work five days a week, that's less than you would get on unemployment. So you must. Yeah, so that, that's the thing when that equation becomes that you could be making more money for from unemployment. From sleeping it, it makes no sense. From an economic perspective, to have a job that is that shitty, I guess I don't know. And were you well, just, they, did, they did have a commission thing. We had a split commission, and I think okay, that's good. No, it was, I was going to say it was like I think it added sometimes like twelve dollars a week oh. to what I. So it was like a shared commission based <laughs> okay. on your hour, and it was like. How am I incentivized to sell a pair of shoes <laughs> exactly. if it's a pooled commission that's one percent right. of a hundred dollars? So pair at of this shoes? point, right. things are going really well. So yeah, it was really yeah. And, and were you doing like were you, so? Were you just like were you doing uh, comedy? Like were you doing stand? Yes. Were you, yeah, were was, you like? Did you want to do stand or did you want to act? Like when you went out there, you're like, I want to be an actor. I, I know. I wanted to. I, we we had been doing a sketch show here in New York and uh, with some people, and then Alex Sulkin was in it. But then he wound up getting hired at the Late Late Show, which is how I kind of met everybody and wound up getting to do stand up on it. Uh, but so he had kind of shifted over to writing, but I was still on the, Hey, I'm, I'm relatively in shape and for a comedian, I'm good looking. So maybe I'll be able to act someday. And, uh, so I, you know, I was, I was chasing that, but stand up to me, I never enjoyed as much as sort of the, as sketch stuff, because even though it's funny when you said, when you were doing sketch, you're like, I'd rather be doing, I'd rather be doing stand up. The thing that's great about stand-up is if your joke didn't work, you can always get, go, all right, I'm going to fix this, and the next joke I'll make right, work. Right, right. But if you're in the middle of a sketch, you can't Ooh. go, all right, I'm going to cut this part because I don't think it's going to work. Right, Because you right. have a narrative form that you can't change unless it's improv. That's what I always hated about, like, when I made, like, I made a film. Once I was at a film festival, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Just I'm just going to sit back, watch the film with an audience, and that was really hard because I was like, oh, this is so the opposite of stand-up because if it's not going well, I can't re-edit the film right now i just have to sit in the movie right now that they're and i know they're not gonna they're gonna keep not liking it so it's weird yeah i think that was the thing i liked about stand-up it was very like yeah you're constantly in the moment you're more in control i mean but i i there's so many things i don't like about stand-up well i don't i just don't like the fact that you're having you're having a two-way conversation but the other person's not talking and so there are only so many colors you can come up with I mean, some people are great at it, but I, I you know, I, I feel like the good, the good standups, someone had said uh, way back was like, you, you got to make it like a story so that once you're telling a story, whatever it is, you're not that, really pausing for like, well, the individual jokes stop mattering as much, right, but if you're a right. punchline driven comic, you know, and you get, you have two bad jokes in a row. You're, right. you're, you're constantly starting from scratch. But if I'm telling you a story about like a vacation trip I took with my family, yeah. 
if a little piece doesn't work, you're not going to go, I'm off of this story because you had already liked yeah, a bunch of things really on the Yeah, that's really interesting because there's a, a lot of comedians like that mm. that actually like Nick Swartz I'm a big fan of and I feel like that's kind of what he does. If you listen to Nick Swartz and he's hilarious, but it's not all just like laughs and if people don't laugh at certain parts, it, it doesn't like stand out because he's just kind of going. It doesn't even need to be a narrative story in the sense of like, you know, beginning, middle, end. It could be the story of who this person telling jokes is like a Nick Swartz yeah. and that's... If you're yeah, an interesting yeah. character, I think that that goes a long way, and I think that gets forgotten a lot, especially in New York City comics. And comedy, I think a big part of yeah, punchline, punchline. Yeah. It's it's very interesting because it's you know I've been doing stand up so long, and I'll still like pick up on things like that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he's not really killing the whole time, but he's never like acknowledging if it's not going well. He's always just kind of who he is. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's very when when I watch comedians now and they'll like a joke won't do well and they'll be like, oh, they just acknowledge it over and over. It yeah. it becomes like their style, and you're like, yeah, this now I'm like uncomfortable. Or people have bomb lines, you know, yeah, to, to cover just to make sure you get a laugh back. Maybe, yeah. And you yeah. can overdo it. Like I've yeah. seen comics just overdo it because they're so joke based that you kind. And I mean, I think I I was guilty of it for a while, and I've really tried to stop doing it. Um, it's hard not to develop bomb lines in New York, though. I mean, it just happens. Yeah, bomb, yeah. and then you figure out something funny to say about it. Like, luckily, I never bomb. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, those people were like, "Oh, I never bomb." It's always like the worst comedian. Yeah, always, like, yeah. I've seen you bomb. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the people who say they never bomb wind up getting TV shows because it's like, wow, you're really confident. Yeah, Whereas, true, you know. Yeah. You, you know a human being comic will come off stage and go, I, I could have done better. Yeah, but it's usually the really good comedians that are like, they, like, like David Tell, I feel like, yep. always feels like he's like, like, seems like he thinks he's really bad at comedy. <laughs> it's insane. Um, he literally always is upset. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right, so, how did, so how did the family so, guy think? When, when did you start working on that? Uh, so I, I started working in 04. Uh, so it takes a year to get the episodes up and running. I guess did you been, were you there? When did it start that show? Uh, well, they, around then in '99 right? it, oh, it aired okay. for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That so seems, this is 20 years ago. <laughs> that seems older than I remember, though. They well, had they, shows. They so they they did 50 episodes um, in in three sort of uh, half seasons. Kind okay. Of. Uh, and then the show got canceled. It got like went through multiple cancellations. Oh. Then it was like semi finally canceled. I think in '02, and then. In 04, because the DVDs were selling so well in 03, they realized, like, I forgot what the number was, but, you know, at $20 a box or $30 a box, they were, they, you know, they made, they must have made like a billion dollars. I had those DVDs. Oh my so, God. So all of a I sudden, the, yeah. Fo- you know, the smart people at Fox were like, wait a minute, we just made a lot of money. What if we made more of these? Yeah. So, uh, or <laughs> 20th. But, uh, so then, I, so when you came out, it was like already huge. Yeah, well, we were the we were the reboot um, of or not reboot, but like we were when it came back. So yeah. a lot of a lot of the original staff uh, of writers came back, right? But there were people like myself and uh, Alex Elkin, Wellesley Wild, and Patrick Meegan. There were a whole bunch of people who were new to the process. Um, so I mean, it, it, it was it was great because I had been doing stand up and sketch for however many years. I mean eight years at that point uh, and or more, but I had never had a sitcom job. I worked as a writer on, I, I'd submitted late night jokes and gotten them on as like a faxer. A fax machine is a machine that you can send things. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm aware. Uh, you copy and send. Uh, but yeah. I've never used one, but I'm aware. <laughs> uh, and then, and then I also, there was a, sh- uh, a couple shows on oxygen that I'd worked on. And one was like, we taped 
live and oh. it went and and we i mean it's funny because at the time i'm sure it's still the numbers are terrible but we were getting like a point oh one or a point one and it was like this is the worst thing on television now if you get a point one it's like actually we're getting a point one right, right. Um, so we are reaching people what show was that uh it was a show called trackers on oxygen and okay uh, so yeah that, that, that was that my was, favorite show i think i was the point oh one yeah <laughs> well no it was i think i think it was actually whatever we network was at the time women entertainment right? yeah yeah but I, I don't know if it was we that i or lifetime maybe but basically there was a competing channel to oxygen that tried to do an audit to to force oxygen to show its ratings to prove that it was doing a bad job in the ratings to show how much better lifetime was so Jesus. I, I think oh, that's, that's how we found it also we had like an internal meeting to explain what our demographic was and i i, I don't want i'm gonna probably misquote this but it was basically where our demographic was uh, women in their 30s or 40s who make over $100,000 a year and don't watch television. Yeah, so that was, I was like, okay, rough. so our, our, our demographic doesn't <laughs> watch and we're going to go get them. Yeah. Um, so did you, when the, the family, so did you know someone who was that family guy? And like, how did you, did you well, submit so, it for it or uh, something? You know, so I, I got to know Seth MacFarlane through uh, Alec and Wellesley when Family Guy was down. And uh, so at the time I was just pursuing stand-up, but you know, I, we would yeah, do yeah. karaoke and hang out and, and you know, we all really got along. We're all about the same age, you know, had the sort of the same references. And at the time I was like trying to write a sitcom because a lot of my friends were, you know, it's, you know, in the same way that, that acting is, you know, I, I was just getting very sick of the truth of acting, which is wh whether it's a compliment or an insult, you still didn't get the job. So if someone says you're too good looking or too ugly for the role, whether you want to take offense at it, it, either way, you didn't yeah. get the job, but as a writer or even as a voiceover person, you don't you don't hear that note right right you know so it's like you there's if you can do a good job on the page you're more valuable than just oh you look a little young you're a little old you're a little right this, right or there's like a more you you have there's an opportunity to be more consistent on the page because it's about what you write and not necessarily what the role is and what you look like or yes like yeah i mean yeah. You, you have you have the ability to control right a lot more um yeah so so yeah I, so i wound up i started writing some scripts and at the time uh, Seth said that he that American Dad was something he was working on and it was going to come out and I was like oh that's I mean maybe I'll ask him but I didn't want to bother him and then in the middle of all that there was starting to be talk of well they might bring back Family Guy and this show American Dad at the same time and so I went home and I this was like I was at the shoe store. I went home to see my yeah. parents. In oh, you're Florida. still at the shoe store. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was. I was basically like, I'm going to have to move back to New York because I, I was flying back to New York every other weekend, um, or every other week, basically to do my old job that I did here. Oh, um, really? Because they, I could actually make like twenty two dollars an hour. So <laughs> right. I would, I would oh, come wow. back and work like sixty hour weeks so that I could afford to live out in L A. Oh, wow! What a um, what that life. was. That was actually after I had, I, I, I couldn't take it at the shoe store anymore. So then the I was original like, I'll just go back to New York and make. I'll work really right. hard at a job that pays me better, and then that's hilarious. So you were couches. like, you had a job in New York City, and you were living in L.A. Basically, yeah, I was, and then I was at some point, I was like, this isn't working. And then a couple things happened in a row, which were was I, I Seth, I asked Seth after after a Christmas break in 2003, I went home, and my parents were like, hey, come out and go to these parties, and I was like, nope, I'm going in the, I have to write a script, I have to, I have to yeah. save my life. So I went and <laughs> I wrote like a, a a spec script to try to to have a second spec script to get on family guy. So I wrote a will and grace in the style of family guys with a lot of cutaways uh, and, uh, well, and random nice. characters. And, and so I wound up distributing that to any agents in LA that would talk to me, all of whom would, were like, 
I don't even know what you're doing. Um, this doesn't make sense. This will not help you. I mean, there are some funny things in here, but it's just yeah. This this is not a script of a show. You will never get work, and so no one would sign me. And then I, I you know, in desperation, I asked Seth. I said, "Would you be willing to read me?" Because you know, I hate asking friends, which yeah, is also sure. another. That's reason. always the most fun part of this business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's asking, and I, I think that there is a way to ask friends, um, which sure. is. Like I'm asking the least amount that I can ask, and if you like this this small amount, right. I can give you more. And you're offering, you're offering something because a lot of friends will just ask, just oh. because they want to get something and not offer anything in return. Well, there's so, a, the one thing that yeah. drives me crazy is yeah. is like when someone gives you a script that they're writing, like, hey, can you read this? Yeah, and then you read it, and you're like, do you want my notes? They're like, no. <laughs> oh, like, so you just gave me something to do? Like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? this was an hour and a change of my time. Why read my work. <laughs> or, or the other one Here's is a puzzle. Yeah. Put it together. Or for the me. other one is like, uh, I, you know, I think you really should change the second act because it winds up, you know, derailing the whole story. Um, and, and then they'll be like, you know what? I've heard that from a lot of people. And I was like, well, then you should, once you hear it from one or two people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. fix it, then send it out to me, yeah. and, and then I'll give you back, and then send it to the next person. But, like, right, there's, right. A, there's a right and wrong way to for yeah. sure. ask for help. But anyway, so I... So, did you, how did, how, so how did you approach that with him? Well, I, I mean, you, I just, I, you know, I, 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 he was Did you ask, nice like, if it. he would read your script? Yeah, I said, would you be willing to read something? I, I totally get it if you, you don't yeah, want to. Yeah, he yeah. said, yeah, yeah, send it over. So I sent over that script I've been working on, and he liked it. And then he said, do you have anything else? And I, I had a... Uh, and everybody loves Raymond script that I'd written. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, I was able to send as well. And so then he, he kind of not kind of, he definitely expedited the process and said oh, yeah. that, you know, that I, I would be part of it. And I actually became a team with this other writer in the beginning because the budget was so low. Mm. A um, family guy. Wow. Yeah, really? So we wound up uh, teaming up and then getting on the show. And then once the show got back on its feet that's and, when it was huge right? and yeah and then and then i got split up with the uh the writing partner that i had so and are you so are you do you still write for it or yes i i'm i'm working on the show uh part-time now did you ever was there a time where you ever left and went to do another yeah i i, I i've left a few times but uh so after about four no Six years. So I was there for six years. And, and when, when you got that, were you just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Oh, it was. I mean, it, you know, there, there, it's happened a few times in my life, but like where you go to work and then you go, oh, I, like for the first time, you're not checking your watch yeah. or you're not like you're not going like I mean, I, I used to sit at the desk at different companies and I'd be like, I make a penny every four seconds yeah, 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 so i would in yeah. my head imagine every four seconds there'd be like a clink thing yeah right. and i was like this is bad if this is how i'm breaking it down that yeah. like this i am i'm putting pennies together yes right um, that's a lot of free time to think. yeah you're just like you're like i'm so unhappy i'm doing the math of how you're do i get out of visualizing yeah. money coming. yeah uh, but yeah we I've i mean like that. you know once we got to family Guy, it was also really fun when it started i mean it's still fun but it, it was it was fun because i'd never been in a sitcom room and also you know this was seth mcfarland was in the room the whole time mike henry was in the room the whole time he plays cleveland and herbert and a million other right, characters right. Mm -hmm. alex borstein was there and does lois so if they would start having a conversation as the characters and we laughed we knew it was funny right and so you got to kind of watch the show as it's being created and and if we're laughing it, it pretty sure america's gonna laugh was it like so how many writers when you first started how many writers were working on it i think I think it was thirteen. I think there were thirteen. Of and us. did you guys? Was it? Would you? Would you guys have a lot of control? Did it all kind of like live and die with Seth? Like, he yeah. Said? I mean, it was Seth and the showrunner David at the time. I mean, but I mean, Seth 
always knows uh, what he wants, or at least gives the impression that he does. You know, but yeah. like to us, it was it was great because it was generally binary. It was like you pitch a joke and he either likes or he doesn't like it, and. Great. And and if he likes it, it it has it'll stay probably right because he has belief in it. Um, but you didn't have a lot of like execs who were being like with like noting you to death. Or I think anything. in the beginning, I but you know you, as a as a writer, you're sort of shielded because the. I mean, the one good thing about the writers' room, which I know that there have been different issues, there was like that whole friends writers' room issue where like I think the writers' assistant got upset and felt like basically, oh, I, I've never heard of that. Oh, no, I, I don't I don't want to misquote sure, it, but, sure, sure. but it was basically sort of it spoke to the issue of like, you should be able to say whatever you want in the writer's room. As long as it's not, if it's, if it's towards the script, but if you want to say an off color word, you, you shouldn't like, that should be the one place where you have a playground to right. say things because you're trying to find the joke. So sometimes you have to say very inappropriate things to yes. get a laugh to then bring it back to a place. That's okay. Right. Right. And so that it, it always felt very safe where you could kind of, that was the one space. And we actually in the writer's room now, have because there's like a glass uh i don't know if it's a claire story but like up in the top of the you know, like the the wall separates from the ceiling by like a foot of glass uh, right and we just I, I don't know who did it but finally they just put a uh, foam big foam padding all along that so that, like anyone outside can't hear good like, so we don't have uh, to feel hilarious. guilty about good anything yeah. we're saying but did you guys ever get was there like flack from that because that show was kind of was there blowback about like like pushing the envelope to it because didn't that show get a lot of like like oh that was too far that was too inappropriate uh, you know what i mean like i, I mean i think these the, the standard, standards and practices lot, right? you know the, yes uh you know i i think there there have been you know over the years tons of people who have taken issue we've had to remove certain bits that have aired once and really and people have taken offense can you specifically remember any uh I remember they. I remember you guys mean like a Matthew Broderick killing someone That's with his car. Fucking hilarious! Which dude. I loved because I I, I, had, I have, it, a, I have a joke about that. Yeah. And I feel like that was. I remember. <laughs> I remember when that happened, and I, I thought about story. it later, and I was like, "Wow!" Like people don't realize, like Matthew Broderick was a huge star. He like killed people, like at the height of his career. Well, he wasn't killing people. No, yeah, you're making it sound like way worse. <laughs> I, than I know, I know, but it sounds funnier. I mean, yeah. he, in a, he. I love. You know, I love a, a celebrity. At the same time, he was responsible he was for. It, came, it was right out. It was when Ferris Bueller was out in the yeah. theater. I'm just saying, like, what a different time. Like, I barely even heard about that. Like, I. It was kind of a nobody thing I knows heard. that. It, it was. It wasn't was. No, wasn't it like in England or somewhere? It was I in. Think it was. I think it was in Scotland, Scotland. or yeah. something. Um, because he was driving on the wrong side of the road because he didn't know. Like, that's what I mean. He like killed. I mean, you know, he. It was his fault. Oh, for sure. But it, but yeah. imagine like now, like if like a huge movie star just like yeah. Killed, but I mean, Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Yeah. That's killed true. somebody on the road and. I you know we don't hear about it every day. And as of recently, um, the, the yeah, roast. She was on the Comedy Central roast. I know a few writers on the roast. Specifically, the note was you cannot bring up the car crash death. Oh, did yeah. you write? You, you've written yeah. on roast. I, right? I I wrote on a few that uh, Seth. Seth oh yeah, Seth used to do the roast. Yeah. So. Oh uh, okay. The one with um, Patrice, I remember, was classic. And, yeah, those yeah. were really fun. I mean, I, I so the Charlie Sheen one. Yeah. I, I was never that was never really my style of writing, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's also weird. I mean, this is a, a non interesting point, but like as you get older, like around the time that they did the roast of like James Franco, I was like, uh, I don't want to roast somebody younger than me who I like I, I don't know, it just yeah. becomes it becomes a different thing. It's like that's that's what's weird about 
the internet and everything, it's like I've been forced because of I think all the jobs I've had to try to stay current. Um, but at some point, it's just like you know whatever movie like for us, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a huge deal. Yeah. And then for like the people who are eight years younger, Clueless was a huge deal. And then like when you hear people say like, oh, you know, how to lose a guy in ten days, I'm like, I don't know. And then you know, like, but <laughs> that's like, like a, that's a my, huge movie. For but me. I'm saying Superbad <laughs> is huge for like a certain. Right. Age. And right, then right. and then now like I'm sure Booksmart or whatever the one. Sure. Actually, sure, yeah, yeah. A role model. But I'm saying like. Yeah, but the thing is, you you only have one adolescence, so now it's like by the time you get to a certain right. age, you're like you're far away from it. Yeah, like I can't go. People are like, "Have you seen Booksmart? It's really good." I'm like, "I'm sure it is." Have you seen Pen Fifteen? I'm like, "I'm sure." It's like, and then I watch. Have you it. seen what Pen Fifteen? What's that? I've never heard of that. Well, it basically means if you, penis. it looks like penis, but it's it's these two oh, these yeah. two adult women playing fifteen year olds. That's hilarious. I've never heard school. of that. And I'm yeah. good at like keeping up on that. All right, yeah. No, and, and it's it's funny. I'm just saying that like there's. There's a certain amount that you like you can't keep up with over time. Yeah, that's right. I thought it was funny. It's very telling. You you made a stripes reference before because yeah. well, that was on VHS. It was like in 1982. Right. Well, I mean, it, my, you know, our adolescence. That was. I mean, it's probably a big part of why we went into comedy. I remember like um, <laughs> when I you know got into comedy later, I'd be like, you know, uh, you know, what I really like. I, I liked a lot growing up. Bill Murray thought he was really good. You know, what I mean, it's just hilarious to me that like. I, I like worshiped Bill Murray when I was a kid and like thought like I was one of the only people. But it's like everyone who was around my age who got into comedy, like obviously. Well, you didn't have any choices. Like people are like always like, Oh, you know, you you're one of those guys who probably quotes Animal House and Caddyshack and Stripes and Ghostbusters and whatever. And it's like right. Yeah, there were those were the only or, or like or Beverly Hills Cop or whatever. Like the, these yeah. Were the, yeah, yeah, there were not that many outlets for comedy, and they'd have like three movies a year that were yeah. like comedy. Dude, I think that's totally fair, and I guess yeah. There's like now there's like internet jokes, which I I hate. I hate internet jokes. I don't know what by Felicia means. I it, just know it exists. Yeah, yeah. and I and I had and you I had know what it really Dan doesn't Daniel, mean. Much. Someone had to show me, and I was like, why is this happening? <laughs> which one? Da- Damn, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. I don't know. I by Felicia. I guess just means. <laughs> It's really nothing, honestly. By Felicia just means like There's bi- also these yeah. joke it's forms. In, like, wait, go ahead. Well, sorry, I didn't, by Felicia, we shouldn't spend more than half a second on it. But there's, there's, <laughs> We've already spent. So we've said by Felicia to by Felicia. Yeah, yeah. Bi- we don't know what by Felicia means. Let's talk bi- about uh, it. <laughs> uh, there's these joke forms that are coming out of the internet, which I kind of hate because it's like this hive mind joke form. Like, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter or whatever, it'll be like, no one colon yes, nothing yes absolutely no one colon nothing and then like whatever event just happened and they'll insert it like you know donald trump said something i don't know yeah i hate that joke so much and i see it like over and over again on comment sections i don't think they come out of the hive mind it's interesting it's not you can't attribute it to one one person anyone can reuse it it becomes like a meme but it's in joke form so it's really interesting. I, I don't know what that's going to mean for comedy long term, but I definitely think that we have so many different like reference points now. So many well, there's just quotable two. Things. I mean, like I, I mean, it is a thing. I'm having my getting older moments now. Of like, I'm just like, God, the world is so. I'm just overly. But even even yeah. I don't even know if it's a generational thing as much as I think the internet is so culturally revolutionary or whatever you want to say that even someone I'm 27 and I am feeling old with a lot of these like inner with, with a lot of what's happening right now oh i it's yeah i mean and i like super bad was my reference point for my high school comedy that was my and it came out it was perfect it was exactly my experience like it really and like, you guys have to like really be up on 
what's going on, right? Right. When so we were writing TV gags, I'm saying I'm I'm watching things anthropologically more than I'm watching them for like, I, right. I just, I just feel like I have to see what people are doing. And then if I like it, that's nice, but it doesn't really matter. It's like, my point is I have to figure out what is it this person's doing? How can I make fun of it in a way that, but that he, people who watch but it also what, what you, that show. And he was kind of known for making like more obscure, older references, like the Matthew Broderick thing. I remember, like, stood out to me because I was like, "Oh wow!" Like, I feel like not a lot of people are aware of that. So, but that's still. A Do joke. you remember that? Like, yeah, probably- yeah, but I'm saying that's a joke probably made in '04, right? About, and then if you think of it, the timeline of it, it's not that. I mean, we also we had a whole thing which I I was not. I didn't put in, but it was a, just bringing up multiple times that Laura Bush killed yes. the guy, and yes. like, <laughs> and so it just. Oh right, that, right. I forgot. She, but, she with her car, right? Yeah, but they I'm always kill them with their car. Yeah, but that's that's. But hilarious. that was also like you know you don't hear about that. Yeah, I mean, but it was it was one of those things like this is in the news. It's you know, but yeah. but we also would get weird blowback because and this was always political inside, not political politics. But if if we wanted to make fun of somebody who was being paid by any of the companies that Fox or 20th was involved uh, right, with, right, sure. they could sort of kibosh and say, yeah, we have a deal with that person. You can't make fun of them. I'm sure. Not, yeah. not like you're completely right. You're allowed to. It just be like, <laughs> do you remember anything? Did you ever come up with something that they were like, no, you can't, you can't do that. Um, I, I don't want to be misquoted, but I think we had something, some joke. It wasn't even a harsh joke, but I think it was maybe about Reba McIntyre. And at the time, she had one of her Reba shows on that was connected. So it was like, yeah, you can't do that because Reba might get upset. Uh, okay. And it was like, don't mess with that. Well, makes sense, yeah. though. It, it does, but at the same time, it's kind of like we're an equal opportunity offender. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. it gets us angry because it's like sure. finding comedy is so hard. Oh, I yeah. Mean, that's, that's the thing that, that I, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I admire people who want to keep coming back to it, but the blank page is in the same way. That, like every time a joke bombs, you're now at zero again. Yeah. Right. And it's right. just at some point, like even if you come up with the funniest thing in the world, as soon as you stop laughing, you're back at zero again, and you have to build. Well, it's a really, yeah. really depressing way to view. <laughs> but, but when you, no, when, but you're right. Yeah, you're, when you're trying to right. build a career, or you're like trying to. I don't know, have sex with people and yeah, or, or you're just like, which is why you're building a career. Yeah. Or you're trying to make money, whatever it is. Like you, you go, all right, I'm just going to keep coming back at it long term, long term. But it's like, it's a, it's a really punitive art slash commerce situation because it, I don't know. Like you, you're already on to the next. You know what I mean. Like the laugh is even on stand stand up. The laugh is already over. I would always want to get off stage. You know, there's some people that in the middle. <laughs> yeah, we're in the middle. No, like, I get like if I get a big laugh, I, I'm I want to get off as soon yeah, as possible. Yeah, like, if you're even, I was never one of those people that ran the light. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you, but if it's like if your opener gets a big laugh, you're like, I'm not going to beat this. Why don't I just go? Yeah, that's kind of a bummer actually <laughs> when you do a joke early that destroys and you're like, I don't know what. I usually address. I'm like, I got nothing better than that. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. There's people. I never understood those people that they'd be about to get off, like their time was up. They'd get a big laugh and they'd keep going, yes, I and then they'd ruin it. And I, because I like a lot of times get off early. I'm like, all right, that was it. You know, like well, shorter the better. I mean, I was reading because I'm I'm always trying to figure out the meaning of life and not doing a good job at it. But <laughs> I was reading some pseudo philosophy book, and it was talking about like the things you remember are basically like one moment and then the end. So it's like if you go on vacation and you have the best vacation of your life, but then your flight is canceled and you're in right, the, and you have right. to stay overnight in the city you hate. Yeah, then you had a bad vacation because that's yeah. how you remember it. But like people don't like you have to you in the same way that you could like Game of Thrones. Everybody loved Game of Thrones. Uh, then for some reason the the hive mind or whatever decided yeah. we don't like what they're doing, and now it's like yeah, Game of Thrones. Pfft. 
It's like you spent uh, that's 10 hilarious. years of your life loving this thing. Right. And then you kind of like the last part, but you got mad at it. And yeah. now you yeah. hate or even like lost. Like, Lost, I, big, yeah, everyone's watching Lost, thing. and they're like, "Oh, they pooped the end out." I don't like it anymore. Yeah, it's that's like, why it's funny when you see that's, that. That's a great point. It's funny how you see that with sequels. Like, there, it really is a risky and thing. Long term like, TV shows. Like, though, I yeah. feel like they did yeah. that with Anchorman. Like the Anchorman yeah, too, a little bit. Like, I really didn't like Anchorman, and I, it is like, um, it tarnishes Anchor. I could, I always just think of Anchorman too, and like how I did you did you see Anchorman too? Did you see it? I don't think I, I did, but it doesn't tarnish Anchorman to me. I mean, I I, I remember of, I love Anchorman. When I but, saw those Steve, what was it Steve Carell as Brick or yeah, whatever? Yeah. That was so funny in theaters when we when, when that first no, came I, out. No, I I loved it. Where he was just saying I came it was like that gibberish stuff or whatever and Will Ferrell was perfect as Ron Burgundy like it was it was so funny. Just kind of I just feel like it now I'm always like yeah, it's kind of like with Caddyshack, they made Caddyshack too. Well, but. that's that was ridiculous. Um, and that was that was a, a huge not the same thing. I loved Arthur. Yeah. I mean, Arthur too. It's like I loved. That's it, true. But you still love Caddyshack. Yes, no, you still I do love actually still love. But, Caddyshack. but I think even with Ted, you know, Ted was yeah, a super he, successful movie. Then Ted Two yeah. was considered not successful, but still right. made hundreds of millions oh, of sure. dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it was tarnished because it didn't make as much as the first at the time. Ground. You're, you're in Ted was Ted, great though. Right? I don't know. I I am barely in Ted. You're in yes, it. I, I am. Who are you in Ted? I always He's have Ted. this conversation. I always have this conversation where I'm like, I was in Ted. People say it's my favorite movie. I've seen it a million times, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I was like, I'm I'm the guy. I'm a foreign guy with long hair at the at the uh, car rental company, and then people go, I gotta watch it again. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, you said you just saw it a hundred times. I have to see it a don't. million and one times. So no, like, I remember seeing it and, be, and seeing you in it and being like, oh. were you wearing like a wig for that? Yeah, like, okay, so kind of unrecognizable in a way. Or well, yeah, I was just doing a foreign guy accent. And, okay, but I mean, it was really fun, and I was very appreciative, and still am. That, That's awesome. That, that, no, are you uh, in the second one? No, uh, I, I'm in the second one as a voice i think i'm on i'm the police dispatch or something oh uh, okay cool. do you so you work on his movies too right uh a little bit i mean he the uh alec and wellesley basically wrote the the million ways to die in the west and the ted oh. movies uh with with seth and and then there were some times where we came in and did punch up or if there was anything you sure. know the round table kind of stuff and you, and you you wrote for him when he hosted the oscars right yes what was that oh, like? yeah i forgot about that that was really fun i uh was that how long like that was 2013 see, but yeah. like how long out does that start like how long before i would like, say months? five months four months yeah so you just sense. like writing jokes and submitting them to tell like showing them to him and uh, i well we were yes we but we were kind of putting together sketch ideas yeah and and then and then helping him build the things he wanted to do i mean i i think i think he he really went at it to try to make you know make it interesting and different than it had been and and like you know we came up with fake movies and they did a sock mm -hmm. puppet flight one yeah I, I think i did uh, the voice of uh we, did you get uh, to go cool. to the oscars yeah we, well, so we, what was that like well, I, I, we were in the back so we were in like a, a writer's room nice uh, <laughs> but still, I, 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 I went to the oscars when i was 10 really i was on the oscars when i was 10 oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah you danced, so like right? i like performed on them <laughs> it's a really random story but <laughs> He was also a good because dancer. it was it was it was me and a bunch of kids. I wasn't like a a male young aspiring dancer. I like it was like I got involved in a thing, and it's a long story. Um, and um, but I always that's such like a pinnacle moment memory in my life, mainly because I was ten years old, and it was so kind of like it was such like a big monumental thing that I wasn't even aware of, but. 
if you're like in showbiz, you know, you're pursuing showbiz and you had worked at a shoe store, like when you're at the Oscars, are you like, I don't know, what's that like? Is it just kind of like, this is crazy. What Was it like what you thought it would be like? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't out. Like we were, we were backstage, but I, I mean, it was I know, but like, you know, no, it was, it was great. I mean, I, 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 I <laughs> the weird thing is that I don't, and this is, this has happened a lot and I'm not saying, I'm not complaining about it, but there's something about reflected glory that has no effect on me. So <laughs> like, like when I do Comic-Con panels, which they, I've done a bunch and, and I try to do my best when I'm on there to answer questions. But if you're next to Seth Green and Seth MacFarlane and Mila Kunis, oh, God, yeah. you're looking out at a room of 4,000 people and I'm six inches away and I could be naked yeah. and no one would know. Nobody cares. Right, so, right, yeah. so there's like, if there's a freedom in that, which is you, you're not really taking the hit. It's like in the same way that I, and I, I, I don't want to, this is, I don't want to say, I want to say it the right way, but it's like, I don't take, pride necessarily in the success of family guy i'm happy that i am able to do the jokes but when people are like it's a funny show my first reaction is thank you i'm a part of a big staff and and also we have you know now we have 18 or 19 writers or whatever it is and on top of that we have hundreds of really great artists and then we have an overseas studio that's drawing all this stuff so it's like you know, and then we yeah. have great voice actors. So I, I don't know. It's you know what I'm saying. Like when you, the, no, I, yeah, when I know, you're doing yeah. stand up or something, that's when you're everybody's looking at you, and you are ultimately responsible for your thing, which so is I, good and bad. It's good and bad, but I'm saying you own everything that happens, and and actually, even even if it's good as like a stand up, when it's all you, I even think that can be overwhelming because even like. You know, sometimes if I have like a you know on a very small scale, if I have a, like a a good show or something, and a lot of people like come up to me. It's kind of, it does kind of overwhelm me and make me uncomfortable. So I sometimes I think like these like hugely. So you're saying there are lines outside of your <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> afterwards, just like can you sign sign my breasts? yeah lines of uh, yeah yeah. Well, um, so well, no, but I'm just saying like so these people were like huge stand-ups. I I feel like that would be the the um the coup, even like on a something that's good and positive would be like overwhelming. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's all you. It almost feels like it'd be better to be like. Oh yeah, I'm part of this thing. There's a lot of people. It's not me. So like being Seth MacFarlane would be like crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think the. I don't know what my answer is because I've never been famous. But yeah, yeah. I think that you 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 run after it, but I, I, at a certain point, I love my anonymity. So yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Like but I like the ability. You're kind of in the perfect situation. Yeah, I like to write jokes. I like to do voiceover. Yeah. Like. I've had three people ever go, your voice sounds familiar. And that's like, and I've been doing voices on the show for 15 years and I've, and I've done voices on Phineas and Ferb and I've done voices on yeah. the Cleveland show. And, and like, and do you think it's an older thing? Cause I find like when I, you know, when you're younger, if you want to get into showbiz, you're like, you want the attention. And like, if someone's getting the attention, you're like, I wish that was me. And now that I'm older, it's more like, Oh, this, I feel like this would be weird now. Like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, as you get older, you're not as concerned. You, you start seeing it's not. It, I feel like it's a young, immature kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I don't know exactly what the the base need is, but I, I yes, I think it's. I'm trying to get my name out there, all this other stuff, and then you know the idea of like if I were at the airport right now and just trying to have a coffee and read the newspaper to have people bother me even if they're trying to be kind yes at some point you'd be like yes it's me hi i'm just trying to read the paper yeah at some and, point and, you... and i get why celebrities oh seem like God. they're gruff and grumpy well but... especially like and well, i know it's, it's a nightmare and i, I mean think, they literally, and I, 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 I totally i can't empathize with that. i've never had it but if you if i couldn't go out on the street and just do a normal errand i mean it would affect my day-to-day life like and my probably my emotional like well-being 
right? I know, mean, that's I, what I mean. It must be scary because I feel like when you're younger and you're going to showbiz, you that's kind of you're, driving you're desperate you. for that thing. I'm right, not. and you think it'll like no. Uh, well, I I, I think, I, but then when I got I got to a certain age and I was like, you know what? Like that sounds like like I knew people that young like got. Yeah. became kind of famous and i was like man that must be amazing and now that i'm older like i'm just like man i that seems like they it must be a night because if it goes away a little bit then people kind of start shitting on oh, you yeah. you know what i mean like it yeah becomes- oh no i know well, imagine if like a, a your money goes away but people still know what you look like or yes if you were like john belushi now and he was still alive <laughs> right and people are just like hey let's let's down uh, some jack daniels you're like right. i'm 70 years old right <laughs> legit yeah but it was just like and i think that also happens when you know if you play like a a drunken mm-hmm. character it's like, oh, like oh, you gotta asshole. come party with us or whatever mm-hmm. and you right. probably do that for a while and then yeah. you're like wow i'm bottoming out what is my life i'm not that character right. i just happen so, to be in one thing sounds it's like a, like a terrible nightmare honestly. and i think it's just when you're young you you know especially now and how society is now like it's all about attention and your brain i mean in your 20s i feel like it's still kind of like forming and I, so i guess i i guess i'm just saying like maybe when you i don't know when you were younger but i feel like a lot of people who go into comedy or showbiz like want that attention but did you find well, you, when you got older you were like eh, you know what like this is no fine. i definitely i don't like i i think people are like why aren't you acting more and i'm like i, I don't know what i would get out of it like I, at some point you start to realize certain people who are like big actors they're also like you're like what else do you do well i also have a restaurant chain i work you know like they, yeah, they they're yeah, like i can sure. make just as much money or i i, I flip houses i do yeah. like whatever it is they're like i can do this and be profitable and i don't have to worry about right the, the positives and negatives like one of the guys on. from guns and roses became like a um like a CPA or something, you know, what really? I mean? like a financial consultant, okay. like he was smart. He like, he, he, he had a lot of money and he got out of rehab and the band wasn't big anymore. And he's like, I have a lot of money. I don't want to be those guys on behind the music that just the manager steals all the money. So, yeah. um, it's just funny to me that, you know, that one of the guys from guns and roses is a financial planner. Um, I think, I think it, it like, just so to have you counter- thought about becoming a financial planner? Because <laughs> I went to law school f- four years ago, and I it was I was still doing comedy, but everyone was like, "You can't be a lawyer and do comedy." I was like, "Well, I mean, why not?" Like, and I and they're like, "Why are you going to law school?" I'm like, "Because I need a way to make money." I'm like forty three, so, <laughs> but it was weird. It was like comedy was the only world where like I was like. People, I was like shamed for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's it's it definitely is weird how people. That, that's why I'm saying in the same way that I I get weirded out. I think I even said that to you. It's like I got uh, before, but I was like I got weirded out uh, at the comic strip because yeah, it's yeah. like it's like the idea that you're not that's on stage hilarious. anymore. It's like what are you doing? It's like oh, I'm writing. It's like oh, couldn't hack it as a <laughs> as a, a stand up, and I'm like. I mean, I could be like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, it's like, oh, I just went to the Oscars. Yeah, I mean, it could be like, I created Google. Yeah. Ah, couldn't hack it as a comic. Right, Those right. jokey jokes yeah. weren't working out, right? Yeah, yeah. It's no, like, it's like, funny like, how that never goes away. I, th- I think it's partly because maybe that's your first, it was like your first goal. Yeah, there's something about stand-up. Though, I don't know. There's there is just something, something about specifically it, yeah. about doing stand-up comedy in New York that is very, like, competitive and, like, petty. It really oh, it is. is. <laughs> well, also, it, there's, I mean, I, the thing I liked about starting in New York um, that didn't apply well to L.A. is that the stages are generally small, like Tiny. real estate's small and hard to come by. So you get as many chairs in the room as they can. Yeah. And then you have to be smart. And then, you know, it's like you would listen to the, like David Tell would be writing these great jokes and you'd be, uh, you know, I'd be watching going like, oh, I got to write better jokes. I write better jokes. And then you'd get out to L.A. and, and no offense to him, but you'd see like, 
I'm I'm saying no offense. I'm going to take no, but I'm saying like someone like Dane Cook <laughs> sure. is yeah. is taking up you know like a 600 square foot stage yes. and using every inch of it yes. for dancing and jumping and like right. kicking and and people are loving it. And I'm like sometimes like I still don't know where the joke was, but everybody's laughing. Right, like, right. I can't compete in L.A. And, and then you just yeah. be talking to someone who's like I'm in acting, but my manager thinks I should do stand up. Right. And, and in New York, you're like you only do stand up if you have to if like there's something in your body that yes. like or in your head that won't sleep if you don't do this yes. but it's a stupid right, thing right. to go after and then you meet people who are not very funny who are like my manager says i have to do stand up and then like a year but later they're, they're, you see them like getting a like a no, part totally. of a special and you're like you're still you still shouldn't be doing stand up it's <laughs> not about and i kind of i did stand up here for about 6 months and then went to LA and like I, fa- I was there for two years and I was like, this is not where you come to become good at something. Because what happens is I got into stand-up and then I was like, no one here is really it, like, becoming good at stand-up here. And I, that's why I came back to New York. Um, I was like a New Yorker at heart. So, But I, we, we, we should wrap up. We, I, I know you got to go. So, uh. Well, no, uh, this is very interesting. I, I just I, One last point. I think the thing that you're making, uh, the point you're making about when you're younger – and you go into show business, you're like sort of like, I want to be the star. I guess like, I don't know if it's so much about age. I, I do think things are changing with like the whole gig economy and stuff. I think people in their early 20s, people my age is in their late 20s. Uh, we realize that we don't want to work in a cubicle. And ha- not that we don't want to, that it's not sustainable to do that for 40, 50, 60 yeah. years. Um, and we want to maybe establish some sort of online presence and figure out a way to make money and enjoy the way you make money. Like I, that's all I want out of show business. And, and, and I don't, if it's show business, if it's something else, whatever, I love doing stand up. Maybe I'll meet some people in the industry. I have met some people in the industry. Like maybe there will be a way, but my goal was never like attention for myself. So I, I don't know if I well, think I mean, maybe, I maybe things are changing. I do think a lot of people that are younger might have a better understanding of like, Oh shit, long term, I'm going to need to find a way to make money that I enjoy making the money. Like, like that yeah, I'm but I, I think myself. you're, you're making two points. Like the, the, sure. I think that there are friends of mine who did, who did stand up yeah. as a way to test out material because they wanted to be writers. Ah, yeah, and then yeah. you had other people who would just were like more like me, who was like, I liked writing the jokes, but like, I don't care who writes the joke. I want to go out uh, and do okay. the bit. Okay. And so I like think you that, were like, when you started, you were more like before you were into the performing. Yeah. Like I would love it. to have been the next Chevy chase. Like I, like I loved right, him as an idea right. of like be funny, but to get there, you need to be seen and you can't wait to get cast. So you have to go on right, stage and right. say funny things. I see, I see. Um, but at the same time, if you're a writer and you have to, you want to get your jokes out there before Twitter, you know, or other ways to get things out there, you you had very few right, avenues. right. And, and what's like, what's also interesting is like because I you know uh, you know when when I was younger, the, the people I looked up to, I was kind of like, oh, I want it because I was like interested in. I was always funny, but I was like interested in acting. I studied acting before I ever did stand stand up. Was like a thing that people were like, you should do that. And I was like, all right. Um, but then when when it comes to when you get older and the people that you kind of are like trying to aspire to be, the, you don't realize, but the business has changed completely. So there is no way to be that guy again. You know what I mean? So no, it's it, weird it, how you have to and like. And it's moving faster and faster into weird right. like accelerating. The internet makes it so that, I mean, what's crazy is that Vine had to close. Yes. It wasn't working. Then TikTok comes, which is Vine. Vine. And now TikTok is huge. And you're like. I don't understand. I don't understand how the same thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the same way that like, you know, suddenly ice cream is hot again or like, or right, you know, right. like now everyone's eating poke, you yeah. know, like whatever it is, like these things sort of sneak up and then you're like, I can't go a block without like eating fashion a, a cube of, yeah. Cause exactly. I'm even like still, you know, 
grappling with the idea of TV kind of not being a thing anymore. It's dead, but dude. I, I mean, not, to not young, Family Guy, but like, I no, know, but, but people, I mean, people don't appointment television anymore it, it, at so, all, yeah. right? And I still like because I grew, you know, it was so different what I grew up on. I still am like clinging to TV, but even I'm like not watching it as much, but. Well, I, I think also there's a mis. I mean, I, I don't know. You, I don't know if the medium is the message or whatever, but it's like but you're going like you are when people say I don't watch TV. You're like I don't even watch TV. All I watch is Netflix. I'm like, right. do you I mean, watch Netflix on your TV? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're like you you you're watching something on a screen. So essentially, right. you now have your TV in your pocket, whether you call it nbc.com or nbc on, yeah. on well what they mean is what they mean is i don't watch k i don't pay for cable i think that's what people mean when they say that or at least that's what i mean when i when yeah I but it's that. like yeah you're you're not like turning on the tv and fl- even though i do a little yeah, and bit flipping like through flipping the channels. through or yeah like oh it's eight o'clock this is on now yeah. well I, I mean it's also i mean not that i'm new to this anyway but it's like or this is new in any way is like everything is so fractured that you can't like what was so good in a weird way is like there were we're all watching Growing Pains at the same time. Right. We're all watching Full House yeah. at the same time because that's the only option at, at that time if you're this age. And yeah. since you are a prisoner of your house at that time, yeah. that's what you have to watch. And now it's like people are like, have you been like, I am always amazed how many people I sort of tap on on Instagram. And I'm like, how do you have 19 million followers? It's and I insane. and I and I don't and I can't even find what you do. I have no I idea. Know, like, I, I, I've never seen time. you before. All the time. And maybe you bought a lot of these people on the way there. I don't know. Or these are bots. But I'm like, it's crazy that I'm that this exists. I know. It's kind of like when there's a TV show. This was years ago. Where like. Like there was a show called Suits, you know, and yeah, they'd yeah. be like the ninth season of Suits, and I was like, the ninth season. Like I, I've never spoken to one person <laughs> who has mentioned Suits. I couldn't name one actor on Suits. This is the ninth year. It was so weird to me. That's how like showing how things had changed. That Gabriel mocked. Is that one Very of the main I think guys? So. But you know, you know, what I mean, there's a lot of shows like that where, like, no, I know, like, I just like, you're on a show for ten years. I have no idea who. Or you, Supernatural I is like the only reason I know Supernatural still on is because I think TBS runs it like 15 times a day, yeah. in reruns. But it's like, why are you still? Ma- I, yeah, you're right. No, but it's it is tough. There's no like general, you know, sort of locus where we all go. Okay, we right, all agree right. that this is and the same way with like you know if you're talking about the news, it's like. I heard this. You hear this because you're going. So like, there's you're right. Fractured. Because there's yes. completely different I, news being told. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. But so when you're doing a joke, like your interpretation of a joke, I, I, how am I supposed to make a reference? Like when we do TV gags at Family Guys, like we now return to blank TV show. It, most shows are whether even if it's Netflix, they're not getting a lot of viewers because they're just getting a certain group of people. Yeah, yeah. So you, in, I would have to like we now return to Suits, and you'd be like, I can't name a person on that show. I guess that's funny. <laughs> I've never seen the show. Right, right, right. Because now there's just way, like every day on Netflix, they're dropping probably like twenty hours of new content. Yes, I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. Crazy. a bunch of. So you wouldn't even be able to sleep. You'd have to watch everything. And it's impossible. Yeah. It would be. It's just a bunch of different niche audiences. I'm just all watching over Suits all day on Netflix. Yeah. Um, all right. Well. All right. Well. Hey. Th- uh, John, so watch me so on suits. I'll be on next week. <laughs> so yeah. John created suits. John invented the suit. So um, this was right. great. Man. Thank you. Yeah. It's very fascinating. Uh, Sorry, it wasn't you. funnier. No, it was fantastic, man. We're gonna we're gonna add in some. Okay. Lines. Yeah. We pipe in the laughs. You know. Alex great. is a good impression of you. So. <laughs> Do I? Oh, okay. <laughs> we're gonna punch it up. No. No. You're great. Thanks a lot. We appreciate yeah. it. Um, Thanks for having me. We'll see you next time. Right, bye. 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 Ha!
black hoodie rap. There's no fear in my eyes what he looking at. Better look on map. Besides, me not like the eye fight. Me not think such a thing is worth a man's life. But if a man tests my style, I promise he won't like my reply. Boom, bye bye, like Buju. I'm Kushu. I'm a Brooklyn boy. I may take some getting used to. Chain snatching, ain't have it. Gotta get it. Same from Brownsville to Brain British. Fatherless child, mama put double shifts. So the number runners was the only one to hang with it. Before you know it, I'm in the game. Bang, fit it. Sitting on orangutans, pity old kidnaps like oranges. I'm dangerous. Tell me what the name of this. Brooklyn dodger them, I jack, I rob, I sin, oh man, I'm Jackie Robinson, set when I run base, I dodge the pen, lucky me, lucky Lee, they didn't get me, now when I bring the nets, I'm the black branch Ricky, from Brooklyn corners, burning branches of Spread love, Biggie, Brooklyn, hippie, I pity the fool with jewels like Mr. T with no history in my barrow. They borrow with no intentions of returning tomorrow. The sun don't come out for many like Annie. Half often, mama never had an abortion. Papa sort of did. Still, I managed to live. I go hard. I owe it all to the crib. Now, please tell me what the f harder than this. Warning, gonna make you.